Everybody put three fingers in the air. The sky's falling, the wind is calling, stand for something or die in the morning. Section 80, high power. Hey! Welcome to Ergo, WHBK, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon, man. How you doing? You having a good day? It's uh, it's good to see you. Uh, it's good to be back up here on WHPK 88.5 FM here in sunny Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, man. Ergo Radio, doing it big. 47 degrees. <laughs> Holla at me. You, uh, you made it up here with literally 20 seconds to spare before the show started. Yeah, it's... Uh... That's just been a uh, like a, a trend in my life. I'm a, I'm a last second, last You're shot, it close. last shot type of guy. Turning the homework at 11:59 on the, the midnight deadline. That's that's my that's my shtick. I like. <laughs> I used to factor in like uh, like time zones. If I was running late, I'd be like, oh no, my computer it just set itself to Greenwich Mean Time. I, I, <laughs> I got really confused. Um, but we're here right on time. I would say my mom is sick. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of yeah. No, it's terrible. That's it's terrible. Up. I did it multiple times. I probably wouldn't have got through without saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, April's doing well. She's I, all right. I She's think great. So. And we're happy to be here. Before we get it to our very, we actually have two very special guests here uh, this week. Before we get to that, let's do uh, any community announcements. You got something up top? Uh, I do. I don't know the details, so I know you're gonna help me. I know. Uh, Kaina's having a birthday party at the dojo. That's going to be dope. Everybody's performing there. That's Saturday night. Word. Uh, me and Cristiano are going to be a part of Ricky Gamboa's thing tomorrow. What's I, that thing? You know, you know? I can't. I, I, the 20 seconds run up. This, that was my prep time. That was your prep. All yeah. right. So, <laughs> Ergo alum Ricky Gamboa is joining the, uh, the podcast gang out here. True, true. Uh, he has a new uh, live talk show at La Katrina Cafe in Pilsen. It's called Hoodwazee. It looks really, really cool. It sounds like kind of the perfect place to be tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, so come through. It's free. Doors at 7.30. Show starts at 8. Damon and his sister, Christiana, will be guests as well as a bunch of other great people. And uh, I'm excited. Even just like beyond trying to promote it, I'm excited to yeah, be up no, there for it's, that. It's dope. Before you hit the dojo Saturday night, um, if you want to make the drive out to Naperville or if you're out in the burbs already, uh, we're doing the first of the, the Ergo tour dates. Uh, Ergo amplifying the Chicago Renaissance at North Central College in Naperville. It's going to be the two of us and uh, Malcolm London and Bella Baz doing a, a live conversation and maybe uh, maybe even some songs and some performances. Yeah, you never know. And that's going to be free. Also, that'll be your exclusive, or not exclusive, but that'll be your first chance to get your hands on these brand new Ergo t-shirts. Uh, merch game crazy. There's a big box of them in my living room. Here's the, uh, I, I got promo codes and stuff. Oh, man. You ready for You're this? You're on top, man. I'm really trying to move this to uh, the next level. Applause to Daniel Kissinger. <laughs> um, if you get yourself a t-shirt and you enter the code WEGO, that's all one word, all capital, W-E-G-O. We're only announcing this on the show. Uh, you save three bucks on the fifteen dollar T shirt. Twelve, twelve to fifteen. That's a big difference. That's a that's like the difference between you going to an event and yeah, you're not going. Yeah, if something something's twelve dollars and something's fifteen dollars. That's like that would change my plans. Um, two last <laughs> <laughs> two last things. Uh, we we've talked a little bit about the Chicago Community Bond Fund up here and the work they do. Next Tuesday is the first hearing, uh, the first court date in the challenge to monetary bond in the state of Illinois, or at least in Cook County. Um, there is like a, a case proceeding that could lead to that being eliminated. And 
as they bring that case, um, they really want to pack out the courtroom. So next Tuesday morning, uh, that's January 24th. Uh, I don't have all the info. It's on their Facebook page for it, but you can, uh, you, you should, if you can be there, be in the building to show physical support for that. And lastly, we're headed to Los Angeles in February. Oh, man. We're going to be at, uh, at USC at their journalism school giving a talk February 7th and 8th um, and doing some interviews out there. But definitely check our website for other tour stuff. Whew, that was a lot. You're a pro. <laughs> uh, before we get to, uh, to the featured guest, we actually have a member of the Ergo family in the studio. Uh, would you, you don't have to do this. You really don't have to step up to the microphone if you don't feel comfortable, but. Uh, she kind of does now. Now you kind of do. We don't have interns here at Ergo. We have associate producers because we don't get paid for the radio show. So what difference does it make if they don't? Um, Lola Garcia has been helping all semester, working with us, actually getting our guests here on time, making this show happen. Um, and this is the first time she's actually been up here on the air. Lola, do you want to say hi? Um, yeah. Hey, everyone. It's really good to be back in town. Yay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, uh, you're officially famous now. That's, you, we, we can't make our special you've guest famous, it. but you've, you've made it. <laughs> and we're excited to have you here. I'm going to go now. But if you can't make me famous, I'm going to go. All right. Yeah. I'm more famous now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to, let's, let's go ahead and do, uh, do what we do and get to the, the very special guest we have sitting here with us. Um, he's. I'll a, go get him. <laughs> He's a writer, uh, journalist, music person, thinker, uh, and the mu the music writer for the Chicago Reader. Uh, Lior Galil is here. Hello, thanks for having me. What's up, man? I'm, I'm hearing some radio voice. Yeah, in yeah, that's okay. what I've. Uh, people who are less kind will say face for radio. Oh no! Oh <laughs> yeah. no! Your face is fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. This is a safe space for, face for radio people. Good, good. So we, right we always get it started. How how is the world treating you? And probably more importantly, how are you treating the world today and in this time? In oh life? boy, oh boy. I mean, it's a frightening time right now. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Being uh, yeah. uh yeah, I'm I'm fairly anxious about it, but uh. Anxious in, in what ways about the actual inauguration or just like I mean the inauguration the, world the, and... the inauguration feels like the the calm before the storm mm -hmm. like the or I mean not calm it's like time to bend down the hatches kind of thing so uh, that's frightening yeah. n n like like name <laughs> the root of your fear right like 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 can you place it and wow. like what do you like right yeah. he's 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 crazy right like obviously it's bad but i want to like people to be as specific as possible what is it that scares you the most about the possibilities of what are shifting politics. I mean, the fact that he's unpredictable and the fact that he has chosen the least qualified person for literally every <laughs> every appointment that he can think of. And he's, you know, pulling people out of uh, positions before he can transition new, you know, people into like envoy, envoy positions and just like the whole thing just uh is yeah no it's everything yeah, yeah it's everything you put him on the spot i'm gonna make you go <laughs> what what are some it doesn't have to be the route but what are the like specifics for you that because i talk a lot about the difference between fear and anxiety fear mm -hmm. is like a reaction to what's actually happening now and anxiety is a reaction to what you're imagining could happen and those two things keep getting at least for me conflated and overlapping and i'm not sure which is which i, I think there's like three to five things uh i think personally top of the list is the fact that he's like in what's the word emboldening emboldening all right check me out um <laughs> that he's really you know supporting policing in a very reactionary way and is going to give resources to every like security and police form uh 
police force in the country specifically using Chicago as like a um, kind of a testing ground uh, for using violence to respond to like economic, socioeconomic instability. Uh, I think the fact that he's trying to initiate a trade war with China is going to like De- like destabilize the the global political economy uh fucking israel uh and 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 the palestine conflict and the fact that there is becoming a better like global understanding about how oppressive that that dynamic is and how the illegality of it um and i think he's going to further isolate america from from the the, the global community um through that so that's three uh, yeah and then oil oil is pretty bad that's gonna that's probably the one that's gonna be the hardest to like readdress the impact of just in like those two three years the way they about to rack up is about to be really really scary yeah we're, we're not gonna talk about music we're just gonna talk yeah israel. yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm only here to talk about israel let's and do it. oil Let's yeah. do our, our, senior, yeah. our senior jewish correspondent yeah. <laughs> hello <laughs> uh yeah uh oil yeah the environment is i mean what there was a report yesterday that the for the third you know third straight year uh temperatures on on the planet have risen yeah, uh to unprecedented year on record yeah that's again hottest year on wax yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right. the new phrase but yeah i like that i feel like i should be wearing you know summer clothes because yeah. it's in the 40s right now that's yeah. not it's it's january 19th yeah i mean that that one is where <laughs> like i'm I'm pretty contradictory. The whole the whole Chicago being warm thing. I almost <laughs> You're okay I almost, with it. Yeah, I kinda swallow my principles You're on that. Really one. Testing how, I didn't how zip my coat and like having to have multiple coats on and multiple pairs of socks are like my least favorite thing. Oh yeah. So you know. It's if we get anything know, out of it. It's good to know where your line is. And do, do you like swimming laps? Because when we're underwater, that's gonna be really good too. You can get that like good aerobic exercise in. Hey, man, I'm going to start like a jet ski company or something. <laughs> I've been talking for years about investing in duck boats. This seems like the, the time to really double down on duck boats. All right. um, <laughs> you and I are going off the deep end. Yeah, no, we got a, we, All we got a whole hour. Um, but I'm really excited to have, uh, to have you here. You know, we've had so many people who write in different ways, whether that's musically, whether that's prose, and it's so many one might even argue too many poems <laughs> um and, and i'm excited to have someone who who brings uh your lens i think like i don't know where i want to start is when i first came to chicago as a transplant uh and you know knew from the outside so much about what was going on here but was not kind of in the midst of it and was kind of trying to figure out footholds i had a couple people damon being one of them who like helped me get a feel but also like there I was every week like reading the reader cover to cover and circling the shows coming up but also relying on the words that you write um oh goodness I'm sorry no it was it was a great way to start building some sort of understanding of how creative communities in the city work um so before we get to like even your work but thinking about the reader which is in many ways a home for for what you do as it's changed in your time there like how do you imagine the role of that of that publication in the city um i mean just in terms of my own personal i when i i am a transplant here too i moved out here in 2009 and one of the first things that i remember doing as far as getting settled was going to find a reader box and picking it up mm-hmm. i've been reading all weekly since i was in middle school i grew up with a washington city paper in dc I read the Boston Phoenix when I was living in Boston. My first uh, freelance piece was for the Phoenix and that publication closed down a handful of years ago, which Mm -hmm. is tremendously gutting. 
uh, I see it as a, a guide for the city for everyone. Mm. Fortunately for people outside of the city too, now that, you know, the internet, brand brand new thing, the internet. <laughs> um, but I see it as uh, a, a window into what is happening in the city that not everyone is talking about. It's not, you know, obviously a mainstream publication. It does have this perspective of being progressive, quote unquote, however you want to take that. But in terms of arts coverage, it's about getting below what's on the surface below, you know, the, the, mm. I don't mean to say anyone or anyone else is, is shout them out. Yeah. No, no, we, we start. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, uh, you know, when, uh, there's this challenge of writing for a general audience where it's just mm -hmm. like, how do you get somebody to care? And I think that the great thing about the all weekly is about an all weekly is that by picking it up, you, you, you care, you're interested in things that are, that go a little deeper. And I think in that regard, there's uh, there's a great freedom there to see and explore and find things that people aren't going to necessarily be on the lookout for or know about and to be able to go, hey, here's why this matters. Mm. Yeah, I, I think particularly for like kind of journalism that's on the cutting edge or, or let's say like towards a younger, more millennial generation, I'm, I'm really curious what you're finding about your readership because I think that is a like a new entity as like the newspaper is in this terrible or weird difficult transition. It's yeah, it's in what, a weird what's been like surprising about the following in this in this time. You know, it's funny is is that uh um with trends in newspapers per, you know specifically as far as all journalism goes, people say that young people aren't aren't paying attention. They you know they don't want to read and whenever I write about a rapper, people want to pick up the paper or at least you know i will I'll, I'll like look online and people are like posting photos of like look at that look here's my favorite rapper in in like in the reader here's mm -hmm. and and i think josh terry at red eye who uh he just announced he's leaving right yeah uh the red eye is cutting going down to a weekly and i think is making a really you know uh Trying to think of a word that that won't uh, that won't be curse words, but the, it's a bad decision. Man, go ahead, of, man. Let it fly. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, up, for, for 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 a daily, you know, like a five day a week, week paper to go to a weekly and then to say that they, you know, to 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 transition into being focused on entertainment and cut the music writer mm. sends a horrific message, and particularly one, you know, a music writer of Josh's uh, talents and passion. He did so much to put like to he, he put so much care into what was ha what's been happening locally in the same way that Ernest before him was yeah. um and to to cut that is is just like i know this is a we're, we're going on a bit of a tangent here no, but like look, we got you know yeah yeah, it, 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 yeah it uh you know kids would post photos of the newspaper kids want to go out and find this i remember when we put um taylor bennett who it's you know mm -hmm. it's turning 21 happy birthday taylor uh, when we had him on the cover of the B-side, which uh, yeah. the music section used to have its own cover on the back page of the reader, which uh, was cut about a year and a half ago. Uh, but uh, he he appeared on the B-side and he was signing copies of it at leaders. He was like, <laughs> like, come out to leaders, you know, bring your readers, I'll sign copies. And that that sends a message that this is a thing that uh, people care about, that yeah. like people in the community do see this as, uh, you know, as as a reflection of what's going on in their communities as, as, uh, like an important mark of where, 
you know, of, of who to pay attention to, but also just like what people who aren't in their specific communities are interested in. Yeah. I mean, I think about like, you kind of get the phrase making it a lot. And I think of there's like benchmarks of making it right. And we're lucky enough now in the city that there are some established paths, not, and like making it not meaning like being super famous, but being like, there, there are levels to like when you're looked at it as a, whether it's next up or whatever, you know, it's a cover on the red eye, a feature in the reader, a headliner at Shuba. Like there's these, there's like a, a stepping Steps, stone here yeah. that didn't exist um, based on my understanding not too long ago. We actually have someone who's been featured on the cover of the red, like damn for you, like yeah. you and your sister being on there. What, what did that feel like looking at that and seeing it? Oh man, it, it, it cha- <laughs> it's funny. No one read it because my mom went and stole all of them. <laughs> we have, I was like, going to say, I don't remember yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, it was like from 2014. We still have like a thousand oh, of the copies. So but I mean, it w- it's interesting because it, it, it really like, it was in a place where I didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing in life. Uh, but if it felt like a trampoline, it, it felt like affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably gave me the confidence uh, to join like a, a social movement that, w- that was budding. So our, our, the time when we got on the cover of the Red Eye uh, for our hip hop stage show was right before uh, Mike Brown was killed and the uprising in Ferguson. And because we were like within a few weeks of having kind of like a lot of everybody that we knew in the city, at least seeing us, um, we tried to use that instead of like throwing a concert to like get people to come and, and help bring supplies down. So it really, now that I think about it, like gave me a footing or gave me a confidence of, oh, I have something to offer right now, yeah. or I, I have some social capital. Um, that it, probably wouldn't exist like from just like a a, a, a non-physical publication. And it's not like a cosign from a business standpoint either. Yeah. Like you don't, unlike other kinds of affirmation that are like an industry affirmation thing, it, it can't whether it you know there's politics i'm sure behind it always but yeah, sure it's rooted in like this person's doing something cool that someone took notice of right um there's there's value in having independent and outside voices saying like hey here's this thing that we have no connection to but that we think says something interesting about the community yeah uh which is the point of of culture writing i think part of the point of it that's a really interesting point. And it's a tension that, you know, so back in another life long ago, I like fancied myself a music writer. Oh, um, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and what ultimately pulled, and, and when I think about like why that was a role that I felt comfortable, like aspiring to or claiming, it was because especially as like a white dude wanting to be involved in hip hop, it was a role that felt like defined as something that like wasn't usurping someone else and also like i didn't actually have to like participate i could kind of sit in that like quote independent seat and just kind of like make judgments and make criticisms and and celebrate certain things but do it from afar um and one of the things that i really like about your writing uh is that that's not you know you are i think more than any other music writer i know here like a participant in the communities that you write about like you're at the show whether you're writing about it or not you know these artists you build relationships and you're not standing on the outside making judgments um is that something like is that a tension that you felt you know in in you've in the process of figuring out how to do your job honestly and openly yeah i mean i still make judgments uh (laughs) you know we're uh if i'm going to write a feature about somebody i'm going to like that you know there are very few instances where it's like Oh, I hate this and I want to rip on it because I'm writing about local music and 
I don't see the value in ripping on somebody that doesn't necessarily have a career yet. Mm. Like who does that, what's the point of that? What's the point of beating up on somebody that has like 10 SoundCloud listens and doing that for 10,000, you know, for, for a thousand words. Uh, There are people who would say that that's the role of being a gatekeeper is to like tell someone like, don't pursue this. Right. Uh, But the, the stronger role of being a gatekeeper in that regard is to just not even write about it. If it's not worthwhile, if it's not going to help readers understand more about the world around them, by just ripping on somebody without a, you know, without, without any, um, that, that doesn't, that doesn't have something that you could even say is resembles a voice. What's, what's a problem. I have no issue ripping on like, you know, like somebody with, uh, uh, five records through Sony and is living, living comfortably. Not that that's a re, you know, uh, there's, there's, I, I like to believe that I don't, uh, try to assassinate uh, any the the character of, of any you know musician. Well, you're supporter. in the wrong place. That's all <laughs> yeah. We do okay, I gotta leave. Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah. the 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 real question. I think I my, I have like concern for you. How, how oh, many boy. times a week do people ask you to listen to that mixtape? Uh, I mean daily. Like, uh, it, does that ever that, get like overwhelming or well, like? Yeah, I mean, I'm ask. not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. Thank you. This is all. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> my inbox is not probably not as 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 insane as a lot of other people's but like i i i need to i'm i'm bad about responding to email sorry everyone um but um yeah i mean like every every lola says no lola says you were oh god oh no oh no now everyone's gonna come come at me everyone that everyone that i've been bad about so so you've been looking at him the whole time yeah yeah. i you know um yeah i get i mean i get emails for premieres constantly and uh for everyone that I get back to, I'm like, don't do premieres. Like, I just don't do that kind of thing. Like, don't, you know, uh, it's to say it's a hassle is a weird thing. I, I, um, sometimes I have to remind myself what, like what a gift it is that mm-hmm. this is my responsibility is mm-hmm. to write about music yeah. like mm-hmm. every day. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like how, like I'm able to pay the rent doing that. Like this, I didn't think I was going to be able so to. Does that mean that. you have like enough anonymity where like nobody is coming up to you? Like, oh, people totally come up. To, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I do like, I don't want to say whatever shred of anonymity because like I do have that and it's nice. I'm not like I ride the bus, I ride public transit, I walk everywhere. And generally when people come up to me, it's people that I know. And, and that's, and, and that's a connectivity that you're talking about. Part of what I love about Chicago and I don't think it's, unique to Chicago, but I feel it strongly here is that I go to a show and I see the same faces at certain shows. And there's something like, there's like a sense of community there, regardless of whether or not I know the other people by name. And it takes a little while to, you know, to, to, to build that. Um, but, uh, I walk around and I'll run into people that I've seen at shows or people that I just have seen out and about. And, you know, if I know them, if we've exchanged words, it's like, I'll stop and have a conversation with them as long as I'm not running late and vice, you know, vice versa. Um, yeah. Exhibit a is how like we started talking. Right. Yeah. We were at an, we're, it was an event. Um, Southside weekly has been doing these like weekly journalism workshops at the experimental station. And you did one of those. And I came through, I've some, we've had some of the folks from, <clears throat> excuse me, from city bureau on the show and went through. And then we happened to be on the train together coming back from that or coming back from a concert or we like uh that. we were we were leaving um open mic that's what it was yeah, yeah and you've been covering yeah. it and it was like within three days of first meeting yeah yeah it's like one of those things of like when you don't yeah this is what i mean by participating and showing up for things and it just sets the tone so different has the like whether it's the email inbox or the hand-to-hand cd like 
has that worked? Who is like the best person? I don't want to like encourage the, oh boy. the, the, the mixtape handouters, but not that they need encouragement. But <laughs> I mean, I do, I do have a story and it's not like, it's not a hand to hand thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it was, it wasn't intended to end up the way that it was. And what this might got? take a little while. So, okay. Um, so wow. Six years ago, um, I was at myopic books in Wicker mm-hmm. park. Shout out myopic, shout out JR, my buddy JR, who I co-write gossip with manages myopic. Oh. Um, I was in myopic with a buddy of mine and there's this little corner underneath the staircase leading to the second floor mm-hmm. where people post flyers. And I found a flyer that said, I'm looking for friends and stuff. So call and a phone number and, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not a weasel. <laughs> and then the person's name and like a, you know, like a drawing of, of a slender black man. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> you were hooked. And I took a, I took a, I had a flip phone at the time. Slender black uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've had to tell this a lot, so I've, I, I feel like I've, I've gotten the bullet points down. Uh, I took a, I took a photo, I had a flip phone and I took a photo of it. Cause I was like, I don't, this, like, this feels like it's a prank. Like this, mm. something about this is like one very interesting. I love like looking at shit like that. Cause I, you know, I always find like cool, just like art or, mm. or like find out about a show or something like that. I wouldn't be able to discover elsewhere just by looking at, looking at things. Um, and so I took a photo just to like investigate later. Cause I was like this, what is this thing? Uh, I looked up the guy's name online. Very few instances of anything relating to this person. <laughs> so it was like, is this real? One of the f- one of the few things was a link to Found Magazine, which uh, if you're familiar with Found, if you're not familiar with Found, uh, magazine started about, God, roughly 10 years ago by Davey Rothbard. He is a contributor to This American Life. Yeah. Fantastic storyteller. Uh, Found published a, uh, one, of the, one of their issues published a flyer by this guy on the cover uh, because Found is all, isn't like online i had to like i didn't know anything about the person right. i was like okay so this person exists right. it was a different flyer the other thing that i found was a uh personal web personal blog personal web blog uh <laughs> it was this this person from Al- albuquerque's personal blog and it talked about the person whose flyer it was, it was on yeah video. and it included a few home recordings um, and I clicked on the recordings and I was just blown away. What kind of music? What are we talking uh, about? It was like real shambolic. It was like kind of folky, kind of bluesy, really all over the place. And one song in particular, like gutted me. And I like, I kept playing it over and over and over. And I was like, I have to get in touch with this guy. And I kept calling the number like every week, <laughs> every week I would call the number never got through. Uh, months later, he finally called me after I got in touch with a guy whose blog like was just, and I, I was feel like, like the I whole can't. music was that really like mournful beautiful song yeah like, yeah 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 yeah, exactly. yeah um so he finally called called me and i think the reason he never picked up the phone was the phone number that he had posted on the flyer was his grandmother's landline <laughs> and he had called like he, the the landline had like you know it showed who called and i i have a 301 number mm, not giving up my 301 number uh and i'm sure he's like this is you know this is nothing important uh so he finally got a hold of me um we sat down did a few interviews i you know i pitched this to my editor like months ago i was like i love this guy's music and i want to find out more about him finally like wrote about him uh the reader put him on the cover of the b-side um a few weeks later uh you know one of my coworkers was like hey where can i get more of his music i got a friend who's asking about him mm. uh so it was like here's like all the all the rest of the stuff that the guy whose blog i'd found yeah. had like posted on like a secret uh you know like file page 
Um, and then a couple of weeks later, the, you know, my coworkers like, cool. The guy who was interested is like works for Excel and wants to sign him. Oh, wow. Damn. So Excel, <laughs> I put, you know, I put him in touch with Excel. Uh, Excel ended up signing this guy, Willis Earl Beal. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, Whoa. Yeah. That's why, that's why I held off. <laughs> yeah. Name. yeah. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they signed, they signed Willis um, to a few album deal. Uh, he went on tour with Cat Power, who he like loved. Wow. He, his album cover for his first album had a rendering of a, of a draw, had a drawing of a woman who looked a lot like Cat Power mm-hmm. and she loved him. So she wound up singing on his second album. Oh man. Um, that's crazy. And uh, he he wound up uh, leaving XL, and he's out in uh, in Olympia right now. But um, yeah, he's, he's are y'all like best friend. Like I don't know if I've ever no, heard I mean, the story it's, of like, journalism being it's that, so yeah. I never expected this. It was so weird. It's like A and Ring. It's but like un unintentionally. <laughs> yeah. My my hope was that maybe somebody else might be interested, might feel the same connection that I felt to his music. I never imagined that anything like this would happen. His life changed uh for you know i don't know for the better i don't know for the worse i don't know for what but like his his life changed and to have just like written an article that like even a few people responded to was all i <laughs> all i thought you know would happen and a few more people responded to that than i think most of the other articles that are in or at least personally responded mm-hmm. i was getting emails from people like hey i really want to like meet this guy how do i find him because he like we didn't put his grandmother's landline in the, <laughs> in the article uh you know she's she deserves her yeah, privacy she, <laughs> this, this, yeah. she, she wasn't the one looking for friends she, she wasn't yeah, yeah he was looking for friends we don't yeah. know. she had a no let's, new friends let's yeah. not pigeonhole grandma yeah yeah grandma might want some new friends yeah yeah <laughs> let's uh let's let's take a break catch a breath and actually hear a song by willis orbeal since it came up you're listening to ergo whbk ergo radio.com And I 
I'm still hoping without much to say Then ask me how I'm feeling, well I'm full of shit and doubt Ask me who I'm with, then I tell you I'm without These phantasm women got me swimming through the sea Apprehension steady creeping, whirlpool is pulling me So I might as well relax, go down with the flood Earl Beale, shared by his uh, his friend slash <laughs> assistant uh, Lior Galil. That thank you for like, yeah, that's like one of those stories, and uh, shouts to us for ruining other podcasts. But I think like the the like spontaneity, especially of like getting off the internet when it comes to looking for for music and just creative work in general. Like sometimes you got to just keep calling. Like what kept you? Why did you just keep calling over and over and over again? I was so taken by the music mm -hmm. and I wanted to know if only for my own, you know, sense of, of <laughs> if only for myself, just to like know more about the person who made it because it connected to me in such a like real and raw way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I found out at a time where I was struggling to figure out like my, you know, like my place in the world, what, you know, whatever you want to say, mm -hmm. I was 25. I was living in like, a dump of an apartment like I didn't unpack my boxes <laughs> my roommate and I ended up like breaking the lease early because like I, my room was uh had enough room for a futon and an Ikea dresser and the bottom of the Ikea dresser couldn't pull I couldn't pull it out all the way because it hit the futon uh I didn't have a desk like I had a I had a side table as a desk and there were mice all over the place uh, running ooh. yeah like it was an unpleasant place I was fresh out of grad school I was barely making ends meet. I almost took a job at um, uh, Legacy.com. If you're mm, familiar with Legacy.com. Genealogy thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Legacy. Am I thinking the right thing? Legacy. It's an obit site. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I, almost took a, I almost took a job monitoring comments for an obituary site. And part of me is like, that would have been like interesting for Wait, like a few months. That's the job that a character in a short story. Yeah. That, that is this. I could have written that short story. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, yeah. But like. Fortunately, Modern, I got I got honoring comments on obit. I can't yeah. even like conceive people comment on people's obit. Oh yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, like this. Yeah, like the. <laughs> just sad. What the? This like, is sad. Well, that's yeah. Like I miss you, but like oh, occasionally they'll oh. get people who don't okay. say that yeah, they yeah. you know they say something that's like really messed up, and so that's what you got to monitor. That sounds like a bad idea. To have a comment section, yeah, for a bit. <laughs> but at the same time, like, comment section are the worst. It could be a way thing. for family, it's, friends. Yeah, to it's very stuff. cathartic, and it's yeah, a way for okay. people who don't know. Like, you know, months later, somebody could find out that this person died, and you know, that's that's their way to communicate with them okay. and get and like right. that's. I'm not gonna shit on you know, I know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how you're supporting. Uh, yeah, the well, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, an obituary you get of a, a definitive story from 
mm-hmm. a few people in the family that like mm-hmm. submitted it. And here it's a way to like tease out how important this person was in so many other lives. And yeah. just for the work that I do, it's interesting to see how other people interact. Like you could you could discover a whole history of of a person there and find out like somebody who who nobody else outside of that little community knows could have yeah. played a major role in that. Do you, this do, you, is, go ahead. do you ever go in the comments of your own work? Have, have your comments gotten crazy? Um, no. I mean, uh, we get a lot of junk comments. Okay. I mean, sometimes that's that's like a help. Uh, pardon me. Uh, that That is one uh, way to like really drive yourself nuts is to read the comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> sometimes I have and that's been a mistake and I've lost <laughs> I've lost a day responding <laughs> to essentially Ooh. trolls. Yeah. But that, that kind of like the curiosity and that kind of just the, even the way you were talking about the obit stuff in connection to how you were talking about like finding this note and pursuing it. In some ways, it's this like journalism thing that rings super true. But then there's also this piece that's like, I don't know. I don't often think of music writers as being like doing the same kind of work as like creative nonfiction or short story or novelist writing that like kind of like pulling the thread beyond just like trying to get the facts, but like, what's the, like, where is the emotional core of this? Um, And it's cool to hear you kind of bring that, that voice and that curiosity and that like, just like the excitement of like, we don't know where this is going to lead type of thing. It may, I mean, it makes sense as a writer, but like, is that, is that for you part of why you keep doing what you do? It's just like that curiosity. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's how I react to things. That's how I react to art. Sometimes it's like, I think any, any good critic, mm-hmm. any, anyone writing about any arts or anything that like, you, you know, you're posed the question, how does this make me feel? And, uh, my, my reactions are generally like, if I'm giving the time, I want to, I want to like dig deep i want to investigate i want to i want to know like what does maybe not what does it mean but like how did this come to be what are the things that made this so magical to me and oftentimes for me that makes me uh that makes me even more engrossed in the sound that you know can't be replicated by anyone else um do you find that that digging into why something moved you that way like sometimes that'll take you down a deep rabbit hole of the artist and their path. And sometimes I could imagine sometimes that takes you down a deep rabbit hole of yourself. Yeah. Um, I, more often than not, I don't like the myself. Like I don't like to put myself in the, you know, the, the context of a story unless it's like impossible. I remember writing the Willis story. Uh, my, you know, the first, I turned in my first draft and my editor, Philip Montoro, amazing, amazing guy, amazing editor, so thankful I've been able to work with him for as long Sounds as I like have. Sounds like a butt is coming. Huh? Sounds like a butt. No, there's no okay. butt. He, um, <laughs> I remember I turned in my first draft and he's like, you remember when you first told me about this guy? Why, like, why did you take yourself out of the story? Okay. You, like, you told me about finding this thing and reacting to it. Let's start with that. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're, you're talking about this relationship. You mentioned the idea of like, quote, general audience right. before. I'm just, as we're talking, I'm thinking about in what we do. I don't think I ever like hold myself accountable to the listener. I think I hold myself accountable to the artist we're having on. And that's just partly the nature of what we do. Um, But I'm thinking about the difference in, and some of that just has to do with like, you're actually writing for a thing that a lot of people read. Um, But how do you think about your relationships to, obviously it varies by artists, but to the artists who you're talking to and, and like your responsibility to them? My responsibility to them is to get their story right. They might not like the story, mm. how it comes out, but it's to get 
get it as right as 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 possible that's it like that's and that's my responsibility to me myself as a journalist i want to do the best job that i can it's my responsibility to my editor and to my staff how do you reconcile the 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 conception of right because that sounds like that sounds like the right answer no pun intended no yeah but also very subjective right so how, how how do you like what system have you come up with? Like, what is the art of the story? Right. Right. For you? That, and, that, and that's the thing. Like we are all humans and humans are complicated and we don't have just one story. Mm-hmm. So there, uh, I like, uh, I love writing features because I get the time to really like unspool something and sit down with a person. And they, I, I think particularly now, uh, you know, young musicians, they can only have three tracks out and they already have, they have an understanding of what their narrative is. Mm-hmm. My part of my job is to get them off, you know, get them off the their, their talking points and have a conversation. And I love features because I can do that. I can sit down with a person and just talk to them and see where we'll go and 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 discover like we can both discover new things about ourselves that way. So let me let me do that to you. Okay, cool. Um, oh no, I gotta put done, away my notes. You, yeah. You, well, you've done <laughs> you've done podcasts and interviews and stuff like this before and it's one of the reasons why i like radio is because like there's no copy and paste here but like uh in thinking about what writing about music does for you is there a what is there a piece of that that you don't talk about often that like makes this important to you personally beyond like the readership beyond your editor like the piece of your soul that this does I mean, it makes me feel more connected to the world around me and gives me a greater understanding of the world around me. That's mm-hmm. like part, like one of the many things that, you know, uh, uh, things about the job is like, it's imparting knowledge. It's teaching you about what's happening around mm-hmm. the world. That's the thing about news. Uh, not everyone thinks that music is like a vital, I like to approach music the same way I would approach a hard news story, except not with like the basic, like who, what, where, when, why mm-hmm. it's like, that is all there that is all supposed to be there i like to to get why this person fits into the world around me and why i'm i'm so gravitated towards, mm. towards it's, like, it's like the second or third time you, you you've uh gone back to like learning ra- about the world around you what are some of the lessons you you've gained or what are some of the things you've learned personally from doing that work and specifically about chicago also okay i mean personally just uh what i've I love how much I've grown in the job just by doing this because like uh, I think in the world of music writing, there's a lot, there's uh, kind of an insistence of like, particularly when it just comes to straight reviews, it's like you take in the information, but you're the, the arbiter you like, you are shaping this world. And I like that this job has encouraged me to go like, I'm not the person who knows everything. I don't know this best. Mm. I'm going to get things wrong you like i'm gonna go up to you and i'm gonna go like, tell me about your story tell me your story there's more to it than what's out there i know there's more to it let me let me in <laughs> you know obviously not like that i don't i don't think i would ever get um get much of a of a response but uh it has opened me up to the fact that like i don't know everything and when you're young when you're like a 20 something and you're like yeah i i think that there was a part of me that was just like and I don't want to generalize the the whole thing that I'm trying to get at right now is that fuck you know, 
is, FCC, is, what up? Yeah, FCC. That's what I meant to say. Uh, <laughs> is is you know screw generalizations about people, but like me in particular, I felt like I knew everything. Mm. And I'm when you're 22, there's no way you can know everything. And I like the fact that like I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with the fact that I don't know everything. Te- like teach me, yeah. show me, show me, show me something that I would never know about you. It's a humility that shines through in your work, and it differentiates. I think you're writing from a lot of music writing. And I do think it's particularly complicated in hip hop where the authority role, as I mentioned earlier, like being often the music writers being like the white folks involved and then being connected to the like industry part of it and then being the authorities on what what is good and what is bad um, and being more comfortable being the authority because that's like in line with the power dynamic that they've known their whole life, then being able to go up to someone and be like, I don't understand this. But what that ends up doing is it ends up limiting art. Like I remember the Neil Brennan co-creator of Chappelle's show talking about like after the first episode of Chappelle's show, the network execs came up to them and said, we don't understand this at all. We don't get why it's funny. We don't get why people are watching it. We just don't understand it, but we're going to let you cook. (laughs) And so, and that's what was created. Um, So the like, the ability to say, I don't understand this and to still like try to understand it and as a way to like honestly help someone tell their own story. Um, have there been, whether it's pieces that did run or pieces that didn't, things that have been like particularly challenging moments where you're standing like in the middle of a block, kind of not in an argument, but like in a tense moment with an artist where they feel like you're not getting it? Um, no, man, th- sure. There, there, there have been times where, you know, uh, maybe my question doesn't come out right or come out the way that I think I wanted it to. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little hard in that regard. Mm-hmm. Probably. I think the most uh, recent instance of an issue like that, uh, uh, where, where things were like a little off or a little tense is the, uh, the, you know, I'd recently done a piece about Vic Mensa mm-hmm. uh, and I had very little time to work on the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I finally got Vic on the phone and he was at Alton Sterling's funeral, which mm. wasn't a great, uh, <laughs> not, not, mm. not like a great precedence to have a conversation about himself. Yeah. Like it's a funeral. If it's a, I mean, person who yeah. was a black person who was killed by a white police officer. Um, so that, that was just like a tense, I think moment for him. Uh, and then my phone didn't record the conversation. Oh man. So I had taken like... some notes. <laughs> I, I cursed a bunch. I called my editor, told him what was up. And I, I told his publicist what was up. And I was like, we're still gonna, I'm still gonna write this. So using what I, using my notes, using everything that I knew about Vic, I wrote a story. Um, it was supposed to be a Q and a, I'm glad it didn't turn out to be that Q and a because, I don't think either of us were, were in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was, I was like a little, uh, on, on edge just because I had a looming deadline, which right. is not great. I don't like doing phone. I prefer in-person interviews, uh, particularly for something as heavy as this, as heavy as like a conversation about personal politics. Mm-hmm. So things didn't, uh, things, uh, I think I made, uh, lemonade with, weird lemons that, and none of that was Vic's fault. That was like all on me. You know, I think Vic given the circumstances was more than like, uh, accommodating, right. like to have to talk to me in that and yeah. <laughs> in, in uh, during that, in, in those circumstances. Yeah. So coming to that, like kind of like talking around deadline and question and answer versus like narrative, what are some 
particularly if somebody's like interested in journalism? What are some like process, technical skills or like um, techniques that you've developed that you think if you were like teaching a class would be like two of the three like takeaways from, oh, from sh- your six years working? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, my similar to what I had said earlier was just like, and I don't think everyone has this flexibility, but like ditching, ditching the talking points, either what the you know what the other person is bringing to it or like questions that you've written down i think that's important and i it, i don't know at the precise moment where i realized how much better it is when you just like having this conversation. conversation i do remember going to uh going to interview um uh, are, are any of you guys familiar with like fugazi or minor threat or discord nope we'll, we'll uh, look it up now discord discord is a like a very beloved punk label started in dc uh one of the guys that founded it ian mckay was in minor threat incredibly influential uh hardcore band from the early 80s that uh inspired straight edge that like inspired a lot of the like a lot of the methods of making hardcore music that still exists today fugazi was the band that he was in uh in the later 80s that like blended go-go and funk and punk and Trem- I, like I, one of one of one of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. like tremendously influential. They were partially influenced by uh, Public Enemy when they started out. They have mm-hmm. two vocalists, and the second vocalist joined in as uh, the Flava Flav of the group. <laughs> he would wear a big clock. Right? He would wear a big clock. That was his whole thing. That was it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I went to interview uh, Ian at his. His was digital though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, I went to interview Ian for my senior thesis in college, um, and I had I was so nervous. I. I'd scrolled down all these questions. I got lost on my way over to to the place. Uh, and he was very, like, very nice and down to earth and accommodating. And I was like looking at these things and he was very encouraging of just like, let's just talk, you know, like, let's not, you know, we don't yeah. have to follow everything there. So I think that's like been a really key lesson. It's just like, yeah, you're going to have points that you want to hit. And those questions are still going to be with you when you're talking to the person. Mm-hmm. But like, don't be afraid to go get off track to actually listen and respond yeah like i mean it's one of my favorite things about doing this us? Job. i knew you about to talk about no us. but not no, we're good actually man. less <laughs> actually less this show than the things that i've done the show that i did in college oh, we, man, the- i mean I like <laughs> but it's less true just uh, i think so many artists have so many bad interviews like such trash interviews that you have to spend like the first three to five minutes like proving you're not a chump basically proving that you're actually going to ask them something different and that you're actually going to listen to their response and i just i love that moment where they like realize like oh this is something different this is like an actual conversation and then they're willing to like kind of go with you at least for me that's like part of why i like doing this job and it's like it's almost like a proving ground thing of like oh no no no, i'm actually listening and this isn't that other so when's your project coming right. out? Conversation? I care. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here because I, you know, like somebody assigned this to me and like, you're the flavor or popular mm-hmm. thing, or you're, you know, you're a musician to care about because you have this celebrity to you, which like, no, you know, no, sh- no shame on any of that. Just like, mm-hmm. I think you need to care in all the, all those aspects though. Mm. So why, <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting this, why do you care? Uh, cause I, I wake up thinking about this stuff. Uh, and like, I, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about this stuff since, you know, like I was in high school, if not earlier. Um, and it is something that I see a lot of people don't necessarily give it, give the kind of care that 
I do. And mm -hmm. I see musicians and people who want to make music who do put in that kind of care. And I think about the fact that they wake up and that is their life. And there's so much life in a three minute song. Mm -hmm. And to, to, to be able to show to people or to want to be able to show to people who don't think that it's anything other than fluff. Not that that's the entire reason I'm doing what I'm doing, but to, to show like, look, there's so much here. This is a point. This is a place to, to dig in for someone else too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I have a couple games, but I, I, I yeah, I, I kind of, um, so I've been thinking a lot about just struggle. Uh, I think it's like a, uh, like one of the only constants of existence. Oh yeah. Right. And particularly people who are interested in like learning from the world and having an impact and change on the world, right? Like change only happens through struggle. So personally, what are some of the, the struggles that you have overcome now? To get, <laughs> right. And are there some that you are working through right now that you're comfortable talking about? Yeah. There are, there are always some that I'm working through. And I think, uh, one of them is just like learning to get out my own way, mm. uh, I'm still working through that. What do you mean by that? Um, I think it's very easy for me to get thrown off of my daily grind by being like, here is this thing that I find irritating and I'm going to let it fester in the yeah. back of my head. And that's going to, to, to take me off course for the day. Yeah. Uh, I'm still struggling to deal with that because unfortunately I think my field of journalism, a lot of fields of journalism too are, uh, are kind of riddled with uh, <laughs> riddled with a lot of things that I don't think are worthwhile. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. 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 And other kinds of trash. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I mean, just I just wanted to do my fake news. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and, and I mean, it's like, it's like here is just like the same PR being regurgitated. Here is something of little substance of a musician that I think is doing something worthwhile that is just getting regurgitated over and over again, like unimportant unimportant things about a, like a person like hey man i love chance as much as the next person the you know the fact that he posted a thing on twitter is getting so much news and he yeah. <laughs> he commented about that too the other day like why is everyone writing about my kanye pics that i put on twitter like this is a distraction it's like absolutely that's a distraction like you could say so much more about him or use that in the context of saying something so much more about him like why are we wasting right oxygen on on that reporting people's yeah, Twitter, yeah yeah and like you know the the there it's not to say that you can't glean knowledge off that or like gain something from that but just to be like hey here's a thing that you that somebody posted on a, on like a very popular website and app that you can go find yourself <laughs> what are we doing you know what i mean right. uh so yeah and here i am getting in my yeah like i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna like fester <laughs> about you know like it's gonna uh it's gonna send me so and and you know i can complain about that and I do complain about that. And that's just going to make it harder for me to do the work that I think is worthwhile. Right. So getting out of my own way is still a struggle. Mm. So we're coming close to the end. But this is a game we haven't played before. Oh, no. I've been thinking about it. You have a new a, game? A new one. Oh, man. I've played it off mic with people. It's one of my favorite questions to ask. It's like, so you're doing this work that's like trying to reflect and engage with the world. And it's a beautiful thing. And like, I'm, it's been love, incredibly lovely hearing about it. What do you think, like, the evil version of you is doing? Oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, beyond, like, <laughs> same skill set. Same face. Same, but, like, what's the, what's the job? What's the life of evil Lior Galoo? Oh, God. <laughs> evil uh, Lior. Oh, God. Uh, probably, probably, like, making up stories about how, uh, you know, um, environmentalism is bad. I think that's the only thing I can come up with. That's like, obviously not the direct opposite, but, uh, you know. You're like writing for some, like, 
right? Fregno's website? No, not even that, but or, or just some uh, uh, some lobbyist organization that's mm-hmm. trying to convince <laughs> politicians that like, no, you people. shouldn't. Yeah, like, no, we shouldn't care about the environment. We should, you know, like invest more in like sh- stuff that's like going to make it worse for for the environment because like a select number of people are going to gain a lot of money from this or are going to gain even more money from this. How about you, Dane? What do you think yours Man, is? Man, what's my doppelganger doing? I don't Your know. Your evil doppelganger. I don't know. Probably selling. Well, no, I was going to say selling dope, but. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Nah, nah. I, w- I would probably, um, I would probably be that politician or like be <laughs> like a, a pastor or something like that would help Republican governors like get black congregations or like a Democrat that like works for the banks you'd or be your, your power or, broker or yeah or like a or like some type of like broker actually mm. yeah some something in the financial world helping get people in debt and like make profit off of it in those three-piece suits yeah or I, think- <laughs> or I don't know i'll be ll cool j i think that's my evil, <laughs> that's evil you evil whoa yeah, i fucking hate ll cool j you do lick your lips a lot. You oh, just man, did it. Yeah. <laughs> you said, Wait, are we are we talking are we talking just like LL Cool J now? Like to be LL. I, I, to I be think LL I think then yeah. you have to. Be I think LL, LL yeah, Cool J yeah. now like speaks to LL Cool J then, right? Oh I think man. You can critique kind of some of. I mean, he was young, so right. it was cool. It was a little bit more authentic, but I think there's some corniness about it that like got mass produced. Oh yeah. But then I, I forget the Kenny Chesney or some. He oh, did that accidental racist song. Oh right, yeah. And like people just let that right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Listen to it today. Like now that the world has changed a lot. If you last forgive our gold chains, we'll forgive you. The iron, iron chains. chains. Like, yo, it's like wow. Like he's he's like Wow. We're gonna put that as the Like episode. rest in peace, okay. Robert E. Lee, even though Lincoln set me free. It was like wow shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. LL Cool J forever. I think mine is <laughs> I'm a uh I'm like an evil TV executive. I'm okay. like a really like sleaze. I'm like I think we like run BT. I'm the yeah, I'm the Michael Rappaport <laughs> character from Bamboozled. The like dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm like, or, hey guys. <laughs> or Bill Murray and Scrooge before he, you know, realizes realizes love is the way. That's I think that's it. So yeah. love is the way, and we're on our way out of here. Um, before Dopp- doppelganger game, <laughs> gang gang. Oh, uh, the last game that I want to play with the last minute we have left, and we'll do it real quick. We start beef with an R and B singer each week, any era, any time. Oh boy. The person it, it can be out of love, but we try not to have it be. Who's your beef with any R and B singer? Any R and B singer, jeez. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come up with one. Uh, oh man. Uh, I mean, I guess Party Next Door because of the whole like riff with Jeremiah. Because yeah, I All love right. Jeremiah. Hometown All game. right, there Look we go. That. There yeah. we go. Cool. Where can uh, where can the folks find your work? Uh, ChicagoReader.com. That's where most of my music writing is. Uh, I write silly things on Twitter. Word. So find me on Twitter. Cool. And uh, <laughs> follow Lior. Follow us at Ergo Radio. Come through North Central College this week. Uh, try to stay joyful and happy and find the people you love this weekend. And uh, we'll be back next week, assuming the world hasn't ended yet, with another strong voice from Chicago and beyond. Much love to the people. Peace.